And we're back on the Bigfoot Pro Wrestling Podcast with Podcast Guy. Wow, thanks for having me, man. Be talking to some of the fans up in the, the Pacific Northwest. Your Demi got him. Yeah. Pretty good, darling. Pretty good. Yo! We're the Voros twins. They know we like PCO to the horror show. Freaking me out, man. <laughs> Freaking me out, yo. We are leaving the station. L Train, take us out. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Bigfoot Pro Wrestling Podcast, episode 175, man. I'm the L-Train, and uh, hope you're having a fabulous day. Uh, It's a pretty good day. Great Sunday afternoon as I'm recording this opening uh, for our release this week. I wanted to get it done a little early this week. I'm just hours until the uh, Seahawks game, taking on the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday night football. Can't wait for that one. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Crockpot's going with a big stew in there, so uh, and got some brews, some wine, uh, some sodas. We're going to relax, have a great time. Or, you know, it's really hard to relax during a Seahawks game this year so far, but uh, I'm predicting another one like that, man. Uh, probably high scoring again. Uh, Hawks win 38-35 and another uh, thriller um and uh, hopefully it goes that way. Hopefully it's another great game for uh, Russell and uh, everyone there. Hopefully the defense can make some stops when they need to. They're still beat up, but uh, hopefully they can get it done. But, uh, dude, I know others uh, are going to be watching uh, Hell in the Cell. Hopefully it's a great show for everyone. Uh, I won't be tuning in because I'll be watching the Hawks. I don't I don't watch a lot of WWE lately anyway, just, you know, too many things going on. But, uh, dude, uh, I do like to see, or I would like to see uh, Bailey and uh, Sasha have a you know, a barn burn like they did back at NXT, uh, those couple times. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, see what's next for Roman Reigns after, uh, he finishes up with the, with the family here. I got to think they're going to unite or something just from what I've been reading and things. But anyway, enough about, uh, that I should probably just get to the show, keep this, uh, opening real, uh, short, uh, because, uh, another great podcast this week is going to be over an hour long. It's uh, part two of the chat I had a couple weeks back with uh, Craig at Proper Jam on Twitter. Dude, uh, on that show, lots and lots and lots of wrestling talk, uh, all kinds of cool stories. But this week, it's going to be almost all about music and Pearl Jam. And uh, we both have a crazy love for uh, the band Pearl Jam. Uh, lots of great stories in this one uh, from Craig, you know, meeting some of the guys, uh, going to different shows, uh, you know, dough he spent on it you know memorabilia and things like that i don't know if we talked too much memorabilia we kind of ran long but uh anyway man uh just a great talk i i loved hearing some of the stories from him as a huge fan that i am uh just watched this weekend that uh, pearl jam show they had over on nugs uh tv from uh april of 2016 at uh in uh, philadelphia that was uh great just watching that the other night but anyway um dude follow me over at bigfoot pro wrestling excuse me Follow me over on Twitter at BFPW Podcast and check out the website, BigfootProWrestling.com. Uh, listen on the PWOM network on SoundCloud, uh, on the website, and uh, any of your favorite uh, podcast platforms. It's almost on all of them these days. Uh, dude, I'm the L Train, and I'm leaving the station. Yo, Gene, help us out. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you about the greatest nachos on the planet today. My friends, Chris and Sandra, Nacho Mama's Food Truck, let me tell you what they're serving up hot and fresh this week. Pimento Burger Nachos, and that has cheddar cheese sauce, ground beef with bacon, Mama Pimento's cheese, and garlic chives. Baby, carrot soup with marinated pork belly, 
Grand Marnier Crema and Rosemary Oil in that. And then, oh man, sounds great. Carrot Cake with Cream Cheese Frosting. And Walnuts, man. Nacho Mama's Food Truck, man. Let me tell you where they're going to be. This Wednesday, the 28th, Black Raven Brewing in Redmond, 4 to 7. Thursday, the 29th, Optimism Brewing in Capitol Hill, 5 to 9. Friday, the 30th, No Boat Brewing in Snoqualmie, 4 to 8. And then Sunday, November the 1st already, Ridgecrest Public House in Shoreline, 5 to 8 p.m. NachoMamaSeattle.com is where you can find where they're going to be, all the rest of the menu, all, everything that is Nacho Mama's food truck, baby. NachoMamaSeattle.com, at NachoMamaSCA on Twitter, at NachoMamas on Instagram and Facebook, Nacho Mamas Seattle. Pearl Jam, man, the greatest band in my eyes to ever grace the planet. That's what I think. I mean, you know, it's hard to say that. There's a million, zillion bands. You like different things. You know, this band might be not solid rock. They might be different, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, dude, when are your first memories of Pearl Jam? Uh, So I've loved music all my life and um, grew up uh, being a a fan of 80s hard rock and and uh, I got drugged to a, a show in Tacoma in 1990, the year I graduated. Uh, the exact date was January 26th, 1990. I got to see a band called Mother Love Bone. Oh, oh, oh. that's and, a great uh, band to see. How was that show? Where was that at? It was called the Legends Club. It was on 8th and Fawcett. So it was... Uh, uh, it's a little bit down from the theater district, but gotcha. um, but uh, got to see Mother Love Bone, and um, I was always a fan of uh, of live music. So my buddies and I we would uh, we would go to small shows around the peninsula. Uh, there was a an all ages club there called Natasha's that we would uh, we saw like the War Babies, we saw the Crow Mags, we saw <laughs> uh, Hester Prine and all these other local bands. It was twelve thirty Dream Time. Uh, my buddy was in a band. Uh, it was called Ecstasy, all spelled out, not like XTC, but uh, they were in a band and they ended up playing. Uh, they did a bunch of shows with Alice in Chains back in the day before they got signed and, uh-huh. and uh, also did a, a show with them after they got signed. Right after Facelift came out, uh, they did a show with them in, uh, at the uh, Kitsap County Fairgrounds in one of the smaller uh, venues there. There's about 1,500 people there, and that was the first time Alice in Chains had played the, uh, the song Rooster. Oh, man. Live. And... Uh, so my buddies were doing a lot of shows with them, and I got really heavily involved in the Seattle music scene. So my uh, buddy who was in the band, uh, who was the drummer, drug me to see Mother Love Bone. And um, I was transfixed <laughs> on Andrew Wood. And um, just hook, line, and sinker. And then, of course, unfortunately, Andy died. Mm-hmm. 
uh, not too long after that, I got to see their second to last show before Andy died. And, and just real quick, how much of a presence on stage was that man? I never had the pleasure, the honor of uh, seeing an Andy uh, in concert. If you've ever seen Freddie Mercury take control of a stage, mm. it was like that. And the and, and it's been said in documentaries that I've seen, you know, Andy would control the room. There might be 10 people in the room, but he had every one of those people in the palm of his hand. Mm. And um, I went out the next day and picked up the CD um, and fell in love with Mother Love Bone until, and I, I'll never forget it, I was at school when we found out the news the next day because we didn't have internet and stuff like that kids we had to find yeah. out you know through our local radio station or television yeah or someone called you did you just hear man on ksw they just announced yeah exactly exactly and so we'd found out that uh that andy had passed away and and i remember going to uh, his his quote-unquote funeral they had at the Paramount Theater and mm. seeing guys like Chris Cornell and all the guys in Mother Love Bone were there. And and just, just you saw how much the community loved Andy. And then a fast-forward, uh, 1991, it was in the, uh, it was around Christmas time. My buddy said, hey, I got, uh, I got us tickets to go see... Um, Jeff and Stone's new band. They're called Pearl Jam. Um, wasn't uh, it? Wasn't Mookie yeah, Blaylock? They just changed their they just changed their name from Mookie Blaylock to Pearl Jam. Gotcha, gotcha. And this was like one of their first all ages shows that they were actually playing because they played a lot in the clubs, but we weren't twenty one yet. So as there was one show they did um, at the Mural Amphitheater. That was all ages. It was for a KISW uh, oh, yeah. pain in the grass. You can still find that on uh, YouTube, I think. Yes, you can. <laughs> and uh, so January 17th, 1992, I saw Pearl Jam for the first time at the Moore Theater. Oh. And that was the night they filmed Even Flow. Oh, my God. I mean, when I saw that, that I mean, the Alive video that came out first was incredible. But what it was that sold me was that even flow video. I don't know the music, him crawling around up in the things, just the atmosphere <laughs> that you could feel off the Moore Theater and just the video, you know, because yeah. I was like 20 years old or whatever it might have been then. I can't remember. But man, that stuff was just uh, incredible. And you were able to be at that show. Was, was that the show they opened for like Allison Chains? No, that was that was a show they. That was their first show they had done on their own. Oh, okay. They had the band Grunt Truck actually open uh, up uh, the show. Uh, I love me some Grunt Truck, dude. I'm a big fan Absolutely. of them. I've got the, there's my, I got a CD player in my old, uh, I got a 96 tracker. I drive to work, a Geo tracker. Okay. I drive to work and just around here. Me, me and my wife got a Jeep that, you know, she drives. And when we do family stuff, we drive that. But I have a CD player, but the CD is stuck in the CD player. And it is Grunt Truck. Um, <laughs> Off the top of my head, I think it's the the one with Crazy Love. Must be the second one. Yep. Yeah. Because yep. <laughs> the first one's got Crucifunkin and some other jams like that. But uh, yeah, and every once in a while when there's nothing on uh, the, the 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 radio, I'll pump over to that CD. <laughs> yeah, it's a great CD. But yeah, they opened up for him, and, and Eddie did his big dive, and you know the crowd, and I was 
I was hooked. After that, we had, uh, after the show let out, we went into, we walked around the back of the moor because my buddy's van was parked back there. And, uh, hey, you want to wait around and see if we can say hi to the, the band? And so we waited for a few minutes. And then I, Lane Staley and Mike Starr oh, from sure. Ellis just walked by and the girls we were with kind of freaked out a little bit and we you, said hello to those guys and did you lose your girls <laughs> we did not we did not well, that's good that's uh, somebody good was watching out for us that's but, good yeah but um and then uh and then dave dave Aberzies, their yeah. second drummer came out said hello and uh, we may or may not have uh shared a joint with him um never heard of such a thing sorry uh, yeah, not in this town. Um, <laughs> but um, we sat, he sat and talked to us. He uh, he signed. I remember getting uh, one of the flyers for the Pearl Jam Ten Club off their merch uh, booth, and it was like uh, it says Pearl Jam Ten Club for the fans. It was two dollars at the time to join. <laughs> so I had uh, I had taken one of those flyers and I had Dave sign it. And uh, he signed it for me, and so I have their original uh, flyer for their 10 Club, and I have Dave Aberzee's, uh signature on the back of it. Is that, uh, super, is that hanging in the office currently? Uh, that is uh, tucked away in a scrapbook, I'm pretty sure, but it's not hanging in the office. But <laughs> it is around, and um, I was hooked after that. I got to see him. The next show, um, it was Lollapalooza 92. I was there. And then, and then it was uh, Drop in the Park. Yep. The, the free show went to that. Well, let's talk uh, about that one real quick, man. Remember they were supposed yeah. to have it before that, but the yeah, city works. said, uh, no, we're not going to let you do that. And then they rescheduled it. And then it was the morning. It was, it was like a Saturday or Sunday morning. You had to listen on the radio, right, to announce yes. hear the announcement of where they're going to give the tickets. Right. And where was it? There was the Coliseum, right? Yeah, they were giving them out at the Coliseum, and then there was a couple of other smaller places. But I remember um, running like a madman from the parking lot yeah. into the Coliseum to try to snag tickets. And uh, everybody got a ticket. In we fact, I remember in line. When we were going to get on the buses, yep. remember you had to park it at uh, Husky, Husky Stadium, Stadium <laughs> and then load onto the bus. There were people, you know, making sure everybody, anybody need a ticket? I was like, man, I didn't even have to yeah. get up early to go get tickets. They had handfuls the of them, handfuls of them. They were passing them out. It was great. <laughs> yes. And then at the show, man, remember there was like the shirts, no shirt was over like 20 bucks. Yep. There was like some food that was kind of cheap and stuff, but you could also register to vote. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And Which what, they're still doing to this day. Exactly. Exactly. And one of my favorite, there was a lot of great stuff at that show, but one of my favorite things is remember, uh, the whole, uh, chant for Tipper Gore. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> cause you know, Eddie was talking about, you know, cause Tipper Gore went and did the thing where kids yeah, under a certain age couldn't buy a CD if they said the F word or something like that on it. And then he was offering to go meet people at like, you know, town records to buy, you know, like buy, buying a minor buy a beer music. or something, you know? And then yeah. they chanted the whole thing. Like Tipper Gore is a effing yeah. whore. 
<laughs> Sounds right. Oh, that was great. And, and then, remember, the openers were Lazy Susan and Cypress Hill. Cypress Hill, man. Who nobody had heard of. They just showed up talking about smoking weed in their van from all the way from California all the way up to here. Yeah. I knew and, Cypress uh, Hill. I already had their CD at that point. Because I was, you know, okay. I was, okay, maybe I might have been into a little bit of the uh, herbal intellectual okay. type back then. Okay. You know, like some like other people maybe. At that time. Yeah, exactly. Before it was legal like it is today. Sure. <laughs> but Cypress Hill, man. Remember something happened with the wall when they were, uh, the, oh, the, the mosh yeah. wall broke or something? So everyone had to like take two steps back and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, the barricade actually collapsed. And, <laughs> yeah, the, man, that was ugly. The fire marshal came out. Yeah. I was so scared. I was like, no, let's not miss this. This was the greatest thing ever. And then they worked it, was, it out. It was crazy because the, the first two times I had seen Pearl Jam, like the first time I saw them, they opened up with release. So the crowd's just going absolutely crazy. <laughs> and then Eddie comes out and they start off with a ballad, basically. <laughs> a very slow, mellow song. The crowd kind of... Well, not this time. The crowd... the crowd had busted the barricade <laughs> what do they come out and open up with even flow yep. the place lost their minds it was nuts yeah and i'll remember that show man you you know why you know what he did what did he do oh, man? I know what, he did. what did he do tell us what he did yeah uh, well the first time i saw him he had he would Dove into the crowd from the uh, from the balcony. This time he had uh, <laughs> started swinging his mic um, the way uh, the way the guy from the Who does. Um, Pete, not Pete, Roger uh, Daltrey. Thank you. And it got quote unquote stuck in the rafters. And the way the why I say quote unquote stuck is he had done this numerous times <laughs> on that tour. And so the mic is quote unquote stuck. And so he climbs the lighting rig off to the side. He hand over hands all the way to the middle of the stage. And he's hanging literally from the only rafters in the place. And he's finishing the words of porch on the mic as it's dangling in the lighting rig. He he basically looks like he's just standing there waiting to do a pull up on this thing. Yeah. Effortlessly. He's not. He's not huffing and puffing. Well, he only he's, he's in shape. He's young. He only weighs about a buck thirty or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not like me or you hanging up there. That'd be a problem. Oh, definitely. There might not be a lighting rig at all. <laughs> um, and then uh, he gets done with the. He goes into the chorus where the band kicks in, and he takes and he throws the mic down. The roadie grabs the end of the mic, so it's the cord is doubled up. He pulls tight on the mic uh, cord. And Eddie slides down from the from the the lighting rig to the to the stage below. Um, the cord snaps after this, and he now is he's swinging on it all the Tarzan yep. and dives into the crowd, and the <laughs> place just came unglued. I wish we had an available Blu-ray or DVD of this thing, man. It, it's insane. I know they put you probably have the LPs. I'm sure you seem like a yes. guy that's got that collection. But, uh, man, I wish there was some kind of uh, visual of this show because it was just, it was great, man. They built the stage in the middle of nowhere. It was almost not quite Woodstocky, right? But a little mm-hmm. bit like that because, you know, yeah. they just built the stage at the end of this big park, Magnuson, right? And, uh, yep. you know, and Eddie was just hanging off this thing. And if they didn't build it right, that whole thing would have came down. 
<laughs> easily. But yeah, it was just a fantastic, uh, fantastic day. And I knew after that, I knew after that day that I was going to be with this band for a while. Oh yeah. Um, I had, I've gotten to see Alice in Chains, um, close to, I think I've seen Alice about 18 times. Oh man. I've seen Soundgarden. Um, I've seen them about 11 times. Um, and there's, there's just other bands I've seen, but, um, Pearl Jam to to this day right now, I'm at 39 times that I've seen the band. 39 um, shows. You that first show was their second show. You said their second all ages. Second all ages show. You've been to that. And uh, what was the most recent show that you've uh, been to? Obviously, the 2020 shows got canceled for Gigaton. We'll talk about Gigaton right. here in just a minute. But uh, what's the most recent show that uh, you've seen? Was it the Seattle shows? It was the Seattle shows. I got. Um, I was lucky enough to. Uh, I've been in the fan club since two thousand, and that was the first. I was. I think I've been in the fan club since ninety seven. So, two thousand was the first year that I went to multiple nights. Uh, went back to back nights in Seattle. Um, two thousand nine, I saw four shows. Um, we did. Uh, Gosh, it was Vancouver, BC, uh, in Portland, and then two nights in Seattle. Um, I've seen them in Montana. I've seen them in Texas. I've seen them in California. I've seen them in Oregon. I've seen them in Vancouver. Um, I haven't done a extensive traveling, but I was supposed to see them in LA on the 2020 tour. Let me um, let me last. Let me ask you shows. this real quick. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. You were going to tell us your last show. Oh, I was going to say the last shows I saw um, were the the T-Mobile Park shows oh. where they um, they just had uh, they just did uh, the live streaming event for the first night, mm -hmm. and um, I got uh, I got to take Migs tonight too, where we sat or excuse me, we stood in the journal mission section and just oh damn. Just had a had a great time and and uh, got to take a great guy with me. Uh, Mix is <laughs> just a solid, solid dude, and I just love him to death. Oh, he's a super nice guy. He's done this podcast a few times. Always treats me, you know, with respect. Uh, see him at the shows. You know, he's also you know not only a a ring announcer. He's a wrestler himself these days. Does a really great yep. job, man. Uh, him on the mic. He, he's so great on the mic, man. Yeah. Yeah, when he's playing that heel character, he's he's top notch. He is, he is. But uh, you know, I didn't get to go to those Pearl Jam shows at Seattle. Oh, I'm no. so disappointed. But I had tickets to one of the um, Defy shows already, and then I had yeah. been spending so much money on wrestling, I couldn't. I was like, you know what, I'll do. I'll wait, and I'll get a ticket a little later. That was the stupidest thing I ever did in my life, knowing because I am part of the fan club too. But I was like, you know, I'll yeah. wait. You know, I'll be able to get a seat later. It's 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 two nights at T-Mobile Park. You know, forty, mm -hmm. fifty, sixty thousand, whatever it might have been on each night. And then those damn things sold out like they were nothing. And I was like, well, crap. That's crazy. And I worked up until that day. I could not find a seat because I'm not going to pay more than you know. I'm not going to go to the those sure. sites, right? I don't yeah. I don't do that. So I was like, man, I, I missed out. And uh, but man, how how much fun were those uh, those shows, man? At home, finally, they've been away for a few years. 
suddenly you got back-to-back Seattle shows. Safeco Field of no other places, man. How was it in there? Um, I, I stand by this. I've seen 39 shows, including every time they've ever played at the Gorge, even opening up for Neil Young yeah. in 95. Um, there was the 2005, they played a show at the Gorge where they did an acoustic set. Yep. Uh, 2006 was one of the one of the best shows I've ever been to, night one at the Gorge in 2006. And um, night two in 2018 was probably the best show that I've ever been to. Um, the set list was fantastic. Uh, Mike was on fire. Um, they, they did a Chris Cornell cover. Mm. a little known Chris Cornell song called the waiting that nobody in the crowd hardly knew what that song was, or I'm sorry, missing, not waiting, but, um, that, that ranks up there as probably the best show I've ever been to. Damn, man. Sorry. (laughs) No, completely. That's uh that's fucking dope. Um, do you like those kind of obscure set lists where they do rarities or do you like to hear what, what are your, what are your preferences in a Pearl Jam set list? You know, cause everyone's got their own, right? There's so many Pearl Jam right. fans. Okay. I just want to hear rarities. I just want to hear some new stuff. Cause you know, they could put a new album out today and you could go see them <laughs> tomorrow and they may only play Say there's 12 songs. You may only right. hear four or five of them. That's true. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm okay with both. Um, I like it when they'll do deep cuts. Um, I like hearing stuff I haven't heard numerous times. I don't think I've been to a show where they haven't done even flow because that's, that's Mike's spot in the show where he can go off and, and do a a quote unquote guitar solo. And that's very odd that they never, that they, it's really, really odd when they don't do even flow, but. Well, not um, only that with Mike, I love when they, uh, for a while there, back at those Gord shows, they let Matt do like a little uh, drum solo yes. on him too. I love yes. that. Love it. Yeah, the 2006 tour, they let him uh, end the guitar solo with a little drum solo that was uh, fantastic. Matt Cameron, easily, in my mind, the uh, the greatest living drummer right now since we lost Neil Peart. But, um, but I do like, I do like, the shows where they play the hits when we, 2012, we went out to Missoula, Montana, um, to see them. And, uh, they played mostly hits that night. And that was a fantastic show. I have no, I have no, uh, I have really no preference. I do like it when they'll hit a deep cut. Um, I still yet to be at a show where they've done an album, uh, uh front to back. I really want to, I really want to see one of those where they'll, you know, I think it was uh, 2006, 2000, no, 2009. They did, they did 10 from beginning to end oh, yeah. in Philadelphia. By the way, that show is going to be streaming here in a couple of weeks on Nugs uh, live video. Really? Thank you for that uh, little input there. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to see one of those shows really bad, but um, yeah, they, I've never, I've never come away from a Pearl Jam show saying I hated that. There was the show they opened up for Neil Young. It was right after it was right after the VMAs where they won all those awards and Eddie was drinking heavily. (laughs) 
at the gorge and uh i was pretty down on that show up until the midway point was that the blind melon neil and pearl jam exactly oh gotcha exactly and i was not happy with that uh that performance and then they um they went into black and i was i was reeled in after that mm-hmm. i was like okay i'm done this is a great show yeah they they seem <laughs> to re- recovered that night i don't disagree with you i was there too enjoyed the blind melon set too but uh neil and uh, the booker t's and the mg's i really enjoyed yep. it but I was expecting the the thing at the end where maybe Pearl Jam comes out and they did, you know, some kind of didn't song happen. with them rocking in the free world, but that didn't happen that night. Didn't happen. I don't, Eddie was in a surly mood that night. Yeah, I bet you were expecting know. it too, though. I would, 100%. Yeah. Because they just did it on, like you said, the MTV Music Awards or whatever it was. Exactly. Oh. Man. Yeah, I was sad, but. That's all right. Like you said, they had some other, gra- I was there at the, uh, when they did the acoustic set. And then, Better you know, basically home. opening for themselves. That was oh, oh, in, at in, the, uh, gorge. the Gorge. That, that was an, yeah. just amazing night, an amazing night. Were you ever lucky to see that show? Oh, God, I can't remember the little club name up in Capitol Hill. And uh, Neil and Pearl Jam played without Eddie. Oh, they did Moe's. Yeah. No, that was a that was a surprise show. Um, I've only gotten into one of those quote-unquote surprise shows. And it was, oh goodness. Was it the off-ramp one after versus? No, it was, I, I tried to get into the off-ramp, <laughs> but um, they were playing that night. We thought they were playing the night, the weekend before, but the, the lady at the door says, I need go buy um, Green Apple Quick Step tickets oh. and Pearl Jam will be playing in their, in their place. Green apple like, okay, yeah, 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 whatever. You just want us to spend money on green apple quick stuff. Well, sure enough, they did. Oh, damn. But we had gotten we had gotten word, me and my buddies, we had gotten word that um that they were playing, and so we drove to the off ramp and and they weren't letting us in. We were uh, Yeah. But I think we, you had to get sat, there uh pretty early that day to get into that show. Yeah. One of the quarterbacks um, from from the Seahawks was hanging out there too. I can't remember who it was though. Hmm. And he was he couldn't get in either, so I didn't feel really bad. <laughs> yeah, if a Seahawk can't in and get in, you and ass ain't getting in. <laughs> <laughs> so we sat we sat at the back door and listened to them uh, finish the set. But I oh, did man. get into the uh, vote for change show at the Showbox. Oh yeah, and this is hysterical. Um, they actually put tickets on sale and of course they sold out instantly. Yeah. Well, I was trying to get seconds. them, me and a coworker were trying to get them and, uh, they sold out and, and, you know, go figure. And I was moping around and, uh, and one of my coworkers who was at the time, I think he was 17. He's like, what's, what's the deal? And I said, I told him, well, I missed out on seeing Pearl Jam. They're going to be playing the Showbox next weekend. He goes, oh, my uncle is the doorman there at the Showbox. Oh, shit. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And he goes, yeah, you want me to give him a call? And yes. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so he calls him and uh, I won't mention his name or throw him under the bus but right. he tells he tells his uh his nephew he says listen i can get you guys in but if i get caught i'm gonna get in real big trouble so i need you guys to slide me some cash and make it worth my while i'm like how much and he goes 
oh, I don't know, maybe $120. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, I can swing that. Yeah. So <laughs> we show up there. And by the way, like I said, the kid was 17. We we're supposed to be his 21 and up show. <laughs> so we meet him in the parking lot. He takes us over. He goes, okay, I need you guys to slide in. The green door is actually on the left hand, or the right hand side. Go act like you're giving him a ticket. He's going to stamp your hands. I'll meet you guys in the middle of the club. So we get up there. He looks at my ID. He goes, go ahead. He looks at this kid's ID. He looks at him and goes, you're not 21. And my heart sunk. Oh, no. And he winks at him. He goes, I'm just kidding you. Go. Go have a good time. <laughs> so I put my heart back in my chest. Yeah. We go out to the main floor. The security guy comes over. He shakes my hand. I slide him 150 bucks because I'm really appreciative. And he says, hey, thanks a lot. Enjoy the show. If you guys get caught, you don't know me. Right. It's like, fair. Yeah. Fair. Watch the whole show. Had a blast. Oh, uh, really, really long, long show. Uh, there's a bootleg out there of that, and it's fantastic. And I was standing three people away from the front of the stage of the show box. Oh my God. There was also like a, a secret fan club show at the Moore theater was, I don't know if it was about yes. 95 or somewhere in there. Yes. They, um, they were billed as the piss bottle men. Yeah. And I, I remember I lived in Capitol Hill and I went and walked down there, but I, of course I'm not cool. Yeah. Like you dude, I can't get into the shows <laughs> apparently, <laughs> yeah, but I remember going, the there piss, was a huge the crowd there. And it was came about the same time as, Eddie guest starred on that Mike Watt CD. Yeah. And so they were the piss bottle men and they played the more that night. Oh man. I mean, wasn't there like a bootleg of that too? I remember yes, maybe having yes, it and they did, is. um, they did, um, the who song, um, kids are all right on there. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So you remember everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all the clean living. Hey man. Uh, you know, you mentioned Mike, uh, or not Mike, excuse me, Dave Aberziz meeting him yes. um have you met other pearl jam members all of them you've all met them, even eddie yes oh shit break it down uh, for us break it down the meetings that was it, it was real happenstance my buddy's band was playing with alice and um he was out back shooting hoops <laughs> and um hey how you doing you know it was it was like that it wasn't and then um, he, uh, they did, uh, when they played Portland in 2006, Mike actually had like, he did like this VIP thing because it was for his Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. Oh, at the uh, Arlen Schitzer Hall? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, I was there. That was a great show. Yeah. So they had like the meet and greet with Mike. Well, the rest of the band showed up later on in the day. So I think I showed you. A picture of my man cave. I have uh, the avocado CD completely signed by all the guys. Um, I've gotten to meet Mike probably like six or eight times. Nice. Um, just I've gone to his flight tomorrow shows, which are absolutely fantastic. I've never missed a year of that. Oh, those are a blast. I've been to a couple of those. The year that him and uh, Shadow did the Jimi Hendrix set. Yes, oh, man. That was fantastic. Good, good stuff. And the, and the flight tomorrow the, shows are always off the hook. The first year, Eddie actually came out and played four songs just by himself, acoustic. Oh, nice. Wasn't there one year here when Stone came out and Eddie was playing drums or something? 
Yep, that's the night. That's the night. They did uh, Yellow Lead Better with Eddie on the drums. Goddamn, I got a memory, man. Not as good as yours, apparently, but goddamn. <laughs> that was uh, that was fun. Um, I, I ran into Stone. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Pigeonhead and uh, Stone's uh, sideband, uh, Brad. Yes. Okay, so Pigeonhead was um, Sean Smith's side uh, sideband. Sean was, uh, God rest his soul, was a singer for Brad. Oh, I, I loved him, man. I saw, he was the guy that could play keyboards and yes. kind of a bigger guy, right, with mustache, beard. Absolutely. Yeah, I saw him yeah. open for, I want to say Mark Lanigan one time. But anyway, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, so he was he was doing um, he was doing a show with his band Pigeonhead. They had actually written some music for. Gosh, I can't remember what movie it was, but they had written some uh, some movie movie music, and they had a song called "Glory Bound" that was on the radio. Um, but anyway, we went to see them, and Sto- I ran into Stone there and talked to him for a bit. Also, ran in, I literally ran into. Um, to Jerry Cantrell. Oh. I turned a corner, he turned a corner, and we ran into each other. <laughs> and uh, that was weird. Um, Jeff, I've only met the one time, and uh, and Matt, only the one time. But uh, Mike McCready is a fantastic human being, and he will talk to you all day long. He seems um, very, like, down-to-earth, like, oh, hey, what's up, guy? You know, just talk to you, whatever, because he's, yep. I think... Out of all of them, and nothing against him, I think he remembers what it's like to be a fan more than anyone. You hear him tell him stories, you know, about, what was it, Pearl Jam 20, where he, he met the Scorpions, and he he was yeah. underneath the car, the limo, or whatever it was, you know? So he just yeah. seems so down to earth. Is he like that, really? He's so nice. Um, we went to see, uh, Flight to Mars was opening for Death McKagan's Loaded, mm. and they were playing the, uh, oh, what's it called, Nile Core Zone. So we went down there, and I had messed up the times. It was actually starting at 9 o'clock. We were there at 8. Um, so we're standing there, and the guy's like telling us, yeah, it doesn't, we don't start letting people in for another hour and this and that. And about that time, Stone and Duff walk out the front door, and you're just like, okay, holy crap. Uh, that's <laughs> the bass player for Guns N' Roses, and uh, that is the guy from my favorite band in the world. And I had met him like once before that, but mm. – um, we were there and he was, he chatted with us and we were talking about Molly crew was playing that same night and he goes, why, oh, aren't, cool. you guys, why aren't you guys uh, at the Molly crew show? I was like, eh, you know, and, uh, and we, we chatted forever. Mike, um, was talking about his kid and I was talking about my kid. And the next thing you know, we we're opening up our wallets and we're showing wow. each other pictures of our kids and that's dope. And he's, uh, my buddy was after the show, um, he came out and like sat in between the barrier and the, and the stage. And we were right there in front. And, um, it's the funniest thing ever. He was handing picks to all of us and he gets to my buddy, Dan, and he had a pick for Dan and Dan goes, that's a really cool shirt. And Mike goes, Oh, thanks. It was like an Ames brother shirt. Right. And my buddy, Dan drunk as can be, he goes, can I have it? (laughs) And Mike took off his shirt. And handed it to my buddy Dan. My buddy Dan took off his shirt and handed it to Mike. It was like they were exchanging jerseys. I love it. I uh, love it. I was I was in tears. Oh, that's cool. Mike McCready, yeah, man, awesome. he just comes off as such a good dude, man. I, I wish I could meet him sometime. I've never been lucky enough 
to meet any of the Pearl Jam guys. I've been in the same store, QFC, up in uh, on Broadway <laughs> with uh, with Stone, where I saw him mm-hmm. shopping. But I'm not one to you know go up. You know when they're in their yeah. own. You know it's it, at a show is one thing, right? But if you see them shopping or, you know, they're with the exactly. kids, which I've seen before too. And I'm just like, no, that's not the time to be, uh, messing with these guys. The, the best thing I yeah. ever happened to me is when I was, uh, I was downtown and I was waiting on the, you know, down on the, uh, the waterfront on one of the, the, the things down there. And we're waiting to go see Neil Young and crazy horse at the Auburn mm-hmm. amphitheater that night doing the, uh, Oh God! It was that the Greendale, the Greendale. If you're familiar yep, with that, I was there. That was a great show. Oh, great stuff, man! But uh, I'm sitting there and I'm watching my this ferry come in, which my buddy's on, and I'm sitting there eating an mm-hmm. ice cream cone. And I look over, and walking by me is Neil Young and Peggy. Oh, back you know when Peggy was his wife, and yeah, and they went up, and I didn't know even know what to do with myself. And so <laughs> finally, I put my little phone away, and I walk up. And I was like, sir, you're Neil Young, correct? And he's like, yeah. And I shook his hand. And I was like, man, I can't wait to see the show later. And I just turned around and walked away because <laughs> I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> Plus he was with his wife, you know, so I didn't even know if it was proper for me to even, you know, come right. up to him. And then I'm waiting for my, well, it's my ex-wife now, but waiting for her to come out of the, of the bathroom so I could say, I just talked to Neil Young, you know. And so she comes out and we went and looked for him. And of course he was gone by then, but... <laughs> It was for me though. It was great. And it was weird seeing Neil Young because when you see him up on stage, he looks like a yeah. big guy, right? Like a big right. kind of burly guy, which even with Stone, you see him up there. He looks like a bigger guy, but Stone is smaller than me when I seen him in person. Oh, but, yeah. um, He's tiny. I went up to shake his hand and he was like a little frail, man. I was like, oh my yep. God, maybe I shouldn't touch him. <laughs> Dainty. Yeah. Fragile. Have you met Mr. Young? I have not. Uh, that would, uh, man, that would be awesome. I love Neil Young. Oh, huge, huge Neil Young fan. If Pearl Jam, Neil Young, they're they're right up there. I, the best concert I think I have ever seen. You know, besides Pearl Jam, sure was Neil Young. You're the horse tour at the Gorge in 1996. It, okay, as soon as he came out there, it and hit that first note. I swear to God, I don't. I'm not even kidding you. It started pouring down rain at the gorge. And I was sitting on the side of the hill in the grass, general admission tickets, right? I had a poncho on, had it over my knees and my underneath me, and I just sat there for the two and a half hours and just stared. And it was the most enjoyable thing I ever had in my life. A bunch of my friends may or may have not have been on this thing called LSD. I'm familiar, yeah. I was not, but... <laughs> it was like I was with my friends watching this show. It's yeah. the greatest show I've ever seen in my life, man. What is the show that stands out for you that's really like you just sat there and it was the greatest thing you ever seen in your life? Oh my goodness. Um well I had I had mentioned how great the 2018 uh show was at uh, T Mobile, but um I want to, the show that really grabbed me was the second night Eddie Vedder solo at Ben Royal Hall. That show was absolutely magical. I saw one of the shows there. I don't know if it was night one or night two, but it was, I got the tickets at the last minute. Um, man, it was freaking amazing. And uh, Glenn Hansard. You know, oh, doing the opening the and then coming out and playing the songs with them. Falling slowly when they do that oh. together, just goosebumps. 
Oh my God. And what is the name of the song on Into the Wild that's like got a really guitar thing and, and, uh, Glenn comes out and plays it with him slowly on the oh, bass. Um, yeah, yeah. The, uh, Have no fear. For, it, you, uh, know, you know what you I'm know talking about. Bigger, big Art Sun, right? Yeah. That, yeah, and there, there's a couple other ones too, man. But man, that was so amazing. So you were there for both nights? I've seen Eddie solo on, in 2008, I did three shows. I did both shows in Seattle and then uh, did the one in Portland I saw him two nights in a row in Vancouver in 2007, and also in 2008, I went Damn. to Houston and saw two shows. I had tickets to go to the Las Vegas show one time, but me and uh, the ex couldn't make it down there for whatever reason. I ended up selling the tickets, but there is not a more intimate show than uh, seeing those Eddie Vedder shows, man. Uh, you know, the one I was at, and uh, I'll be honest, there was a couple online I kind of check out, even though that's a little bootleg-ish and not really, you know, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's not the same. But, uh, man, those are so much fun. The covers he does, the Pearl Jam songs he does, so much fun. Yep, they're, uh, they're great shows. They are fantastic shows. I've actually seen more Pearl Jam side projects, more shows like that. Like I've seen Flight to Mars, like I think it's like 16 times. I've seen <laughs> Brad a dozen times. I've seen what about uh, uh, Eddie. What about yeah. Mad Season? I saw Mad Season the one time they played in Seattle. Uh, saw Temple of the Dog on mm. their last on their last run, the last night. Were you at the Paramount show? Yeah, both of those. I was at one, but that, you know, I talked about that Neil Young show, but that might have been the most emotional show I've ever seen. Because, oh, you know, 100%. you didn't expect to maybe ever see those shows or those songs live or hear those show, hear those songs live, right? Except for mm-hmm. like maybe Pearl Jam 20, they did a little reunion, Chris comes out for a few songs or whatever. But right. to do a total, whole Temple of the Dog tour, yeah, that was freaking incredible. I took my, my wife gave up her ticket to my friend Jeff who was the guy that showed me Temple of the Dog, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden back in the day when I was just a Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath kind of guy, right? Right. So we went to that, and it was like, it was almost tear-jerking at times. Like, not because, you know, later with Chris, right? It was just so beautiful, so emotional. You didn't hear any of these songs before this live, you know? Yeah. And suddenly you're hearing that, the the, the Mother Love Bone songs that Chris did. Incredible. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that, the Temple of the Dog shows? It's funny because I remember as a kid, you know, um, after Andy died, the Temple the Temple record came out. And I remember my buddy and I looking through the Rocket magazine and seeing at the at the uh, OK Hotel, or I'm sorry, the at the um, the off ramp, this mm-hmm. band called Temple of the Dog, and we were making fun of it because it was a lyric on one of Mother Love Bone songs, and we're like, mm-hmm. "What a bunch of you know jerks stealing that lyric from Andy." <laughs> you didn't and know this and that. You didn't I had know. no idea. And then come to find out, the Temple the Temple record comes out like a month later. And we're like, "Oh crap, we should have gone to that show," <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't. And uh, so fast forward all those years later, finally getting to see Temple. 
uh, it was amazing because that's that's what that was what we were listening to right after Andy passed, and it mm-hmm. was that gap in between Mother Love Bone and Pearl Jam that um, brought those two uh, that well supergroup, for lack of a better term, together, and then to see those shows. Um, you know, I'd, I'd seen Soundgarden numerous times, and and at that point, I'd seen Chris Cornell solo mm. uh, probably two or three times in between that. But that was just another level because it's like, oh, there, there's my favorite band, and oh yeah, Chris Cornell too. Oh. You know, <laughs> how um, you know, I'm gonna switch gears. I'm just winging stuff right here. Um, yeah. how okay. emotional was it for you waking up that morning or did you see it at night where they announced that Chris Cornell was gone? I saw it. I usually, uh, I check my computer. The first thing I wake up, I'm, I'm an early riser. I'm usually to work by 5 AM and, uh, I grabbed my computer and opened it up and I'm just scrolling through Twitter and I see Chris Cornell trending and, and, um, like it's like okay this this is weird what's going on and we click on a story and sure enough the you know chris cornell had passed away and i hadn't cried in a long time up until that morning and my wife had uh, got up to to do something and she comes back in and i'm on the bed and i'm just i've got tears streaming down my face and she's like what's the matter i'm like Chris Cornell died. She's like, what happened? I was like, I have no idea. And I got to work and like, I had people coming up and, Hey, did, are you okay? You know, it's like this, I grew up with these guys. I saw, I saw Soundgarden at, <clears throat> at Bumbershoot. You know, I saw, I saw Soundgarden play in a parking lot trying to raise funds for this kid who had gotten mm-hmm. hurt in a stage diving accident. And, uh, you know, this was, this was after, you know, this is after they, they'd gotten success, you know, and they're just, they set up their gear in a parking lot and played and, uh, yeah, it hurt. And I, you know, we lost Eddie Van Halen last week and that's one of my childhood heroes. And I'm, I'm fully expecting to be, absolutely crushed when and if somebody from Pearl Jam passes away. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. You know, the Chris Cornell thing was, uh, was tough on me. I was a fan, maybe not as big as fan as, but it was all kind of together from those days that we grew up. I also graduated in 1990 buddy and, and moved mm-hmm. to Capitol Hill in 92. So, you know, I was around for a lot of that, um, that stuff back in the day, the different bands and, uh, but to see Chris go like that, it was, uh, it was so unexpected, you know, no one, no one thought that like, this guy's got everything. He's got a great family. His daughter's successful, you know, Soundgarden's back on the stage, put out a new album. They're touring. Who knows what's going on in his mind, man. And that's why we got to keep up, uh, you know, checking on our friends these days and, uh, make sure they're okay. Right. Yeah, I've I've gotten I've gotten kind of used to that since we've all you know been in lockdown. I'll just pick up my phone and 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 just text somebody. You know, I I've done it a few times. It's like, hey man, this is a homie. This is a homie check in. How are you doing? Is everything cool? You know, and I I mean, I was off for ten weeks and I was losing my mind. 
you know, mm-hmm. gone from, you know, working 40 plus hours a week to being busy, busy, busy. And then all of a sudden the brakes are thrown on and life as I know it came to a screeching halt and I was losing my mind. And I was like, man, if, if, if my friends are in a bad spot, and if I just send them a quick text and see how they're doing, and they want to chat, maybe I can, uh, maybe I could do something about that, you know? Right. And it doesn't take anything. It doesn't take a lot of effort. But we get so busy that we forget about people that we love sometimes. And how sad is that? Yeah. Let me just switch gears here a little bit, man. Uh, Pearl Jam put yeah. out an album recently, but few back uh, a month few 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 months back is what i'm trying to say uh gigaton and uh man i enjoyed the album the more and more you listen to it the more it grows on you what are your thoughts on this album and how does it compare to the catalog so when i first heard um dance of the clairvoyant i was taken aback yes because it is so different than anything they've done and I had, uh, I had gotten the Iggy from a local DJ <clears throat> um, that uh, just played me a little clip of it over his, um, over his uh, video. And he goes, this is different, dude. And I'm like, okay. And then I heard it that evening. I'm like, wow, this is really, really different. And I was scared. i was like what are they doing (laughs) and um and it wasn't but uh about four or five more listens it's like okay this dance of the clairvoyant it's not too bad i'm I'm okay with this and uh then super blood wolf moon comes out it's like okay this is their this is their ode to punk rock i'm okay with this this is fine it's not my favorite but it's fine you know and then um, I may or may not have gotten the album about uh, three weeks early. And uh, you bastard! I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I'm listening to it, and it's like, okay, this is a Pearl Jam album. This is okay. Yep. I'm I'm fine with this. Um, they always say like the first song kind of sets the tone for the album, mm-hmm. and whoever said is is so good i love 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 that song the bass line in quick escape towards the end Mm -hmm. where jeff kicks in and it's got this fuzzy distorted bass at the back end it just kicks and um there's slower tunes on the album um uh especially like river cross and um oh goodness um is it all right? All right is a bit of a slower yes. moving one, but it's really cool. Like the way he uses yeah. his voice and the, and the, and the, the, the music they do on that. Retrograde was the one I was thinking of retrograde and river cross to, to close out the album mm-hmm. is so good. And, uh, there's slower songs and I kind of, I've always been a lyric guy. And, um, this one is, uh, it really gets into Eddie's beliefs Mm -hmm. and, um, and I'm okay with somebody that has an opinion. 
You know what I mean? Oh, I might, and I'm not even saying that I don't agree with his opinions, but I like a guy that has an opinion and will stick to it. And so I've always respected Eddie and his views and he wears it on his sleeve on this album. And I just, I absolutely love it. You know, like you said, the more and more you listen to the album, the more and more you love it. You get into each and every song, the more you can break it down and, you know, listen to it. Cause that's sometimes what you got to do, right? You can't just like listen through while you're doing other stuff. I like yeah. to like listen to it, maybe crack a little red, you know, kind of sip along, listen to it, maybe in a dark room with a candle and kind of sure. check it out. So you can kind of really feel that vibe off it, man. And, uh, I don't know. I, the last time I felt this way about an album from Pearl Jam was after Vitology. I think maybe it, it's not the same, but no code a little bit. Remember when okay. they went Vitology, that was a pretty good rocker oh, album, yeah. right? And then yeah. No Code was completely different. They did a lot of cool stuff on there, present tense and, you know, things like that. And they did have the jams like Hail Hail and things, you know. But you also had Who You Are and, you know, I thought it was a kind of a change from the Pearl Jam record before. And I feel that way now between Lightning Bolt and Gigaton. I loved Lightning Bolt. That may have been my favorite record that they've put out since the very beginning. It's hard to say that, right? As a Pearl Jam yeah. fan, oh, this is my favorite record, you know, because there's so much on it, right? But Lightning Bolt really, really brought it for me. And I feel Lightning Bolt to Gigaton is like Vitology to No Code, just a little bit. That's my opinion. Okay. No, that's, that's, you're entitled. Um, <laughs> no, that's cool. No, I've, I was a real big fan of the Avocado um, CD. I think like Army Reserve and, and oh. Parachutes and, and those songs, I think those are fantastic. But um, I really, really, really liked Lightning Bolt just because yeah. it was really uplifting. There's little elements of pop in there and, and, um, you know, my father's son. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, what's funny, not to interrupt you, I was going to ask you a couple of P-Jam songs, PJ songs that really stood out to you, no matter what album. My father's son is on that list, man. It, it, you know, I didn't have the greatest relationship with my father either. So I listened to that song and it really makes me think about that. And it's almost like, yeah. you know, he almost wrote that about us, right? You know, that's the way you feel about some Pearl Jam songs. Right, right. Yeah, and the song that does that for me, and it's my favorite song to this day, is Rearview Mirror. Oh, because it's just, it's like, okay, you've gone through all this crap in your life, but now you're looking at it, and it's in the past. And that just speaks to every job that I've ever left. (laughs) That's the first song that, that comes on that day. Every, uh, every bad thing that I've gotten out of um, every um, every time that um, you know, leaving the hospital after being in there for a month, you know what I'm saying? It's just stuff like that. Um, I don't, I don't want to think about those things, but they're behind me mm-hmm. and I've got everything in front of me. Exactly. You know, exactly, man. Did you order the uh, reissue of the unplugged CD? Uh, no, because I have it on vinyl. I was about um, to say, you probably have the uh, stuff that came <laughs> out before. Uh, yeah. I didn't buy a lot of that stuff, so 
I don't know, I might get it, you know, you can really find it on the internet and check it out as much as you want, you know, but hopefully yeah. they'll add it to like Amazon and Spotify and those places so people can check sure. it out on there too, especially the complete show. There wasn't just those four songs, right? There was oh, a yeah. few other ones. Yeah. Uh, what got left off there? Was it? Um, they did State of Love and Trust. State, yeah. I think even Flow, yeah. even Acoustic, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, there was two songs that got left off of there, but those are on the final yeah, right, right, right. So I, I'm looking forward to that. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, what's your, uh, what's your favorite? Do, do you have a favorite album when it comes to Pearl Jam or is it just kind of all, you know, it's hard to choose one kind of thing or you, um, you imagine honestly, lightning bolt. It's yeah. It's versus hands down. It's, it's versus, um, you know the it's got re, it's got rearview mirror on there. Um, it's got uh, dissident, which is another one of my favorite songs. Um, the song blood, yeah, which is just, I mean, it's the closest thing to hardcore <laughs> that Pearl Jam's ever done, and Eddie's just <laughs> wearing it on his sleeve. You know, he's talking about basically the press and. And all of this, and he's like, you don't understand, it's my blood. Mm -hmm. It makes me live. Um, indifference, um, goosebumps every time I hear that song. Um, that Everybody will go back and say 10's the greatest album ever. Uh, it's great. When it comes to... When it comes to Pearl Jam, and there's like there's there's a rarefied air of like Appetite for Destruction and and Ten and 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 these great debut albums, um, I put Versus as probably the best um, second album anybody's ever done. One of my favorite songs is off that album. One I like to remember a lot. W M A and the Atlanta episode that they did with that with the guy yeah. from, um, oh God. Uh, you talking brick in the wall? When they did it with uh, WMA at Atlanta in 94, there was another band. The guy came out and helped him out. I can't remember the name of the band at the top of my head. But anyway, okay. I love that song. And then uh, there was a, a version of it on uh, YouTube recently from a concert not too long ago that they did with some backup singers. And uh, that song okay. is freaking incredible. You know, White Male American. Yep. You know, there's so much that goes with it, especially right now, right? Sure. Not to mention um, them playing that song at Lollapalooza, or not Lollapalooza, the um, uh, Jay-Z's Festival. Oh, yeah. And uh, they're playing WMA, and then Jay-Z comes out and, and raps 99 Problems on top of it. That's it's right. Fantastic. You can get that on a, uh, a, a single now from the uh, 10 Club if you got it already, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Love those 10 club singles. Anyway, man, yeah. we've been talking. Let me look here. Two hours been, and six minutes. We've been talking been wrestling, yeah. Seahawks, Pearl Jam. We should probably get going here because that Pearl, or excuse me, not Pearl Jam, the Seahawks are getting kicking oh. off here in less than an hour. But, uh, my man, what are our, you mentioned a couple of them. What are the songs, top four songs? That really oh, grab no. you of uh, Pearl Jam, you know. <laughs> I know that's hard. I know I'm a Pearl Jam fan too, but uh, top oh, few songs man. for you oh. that really are something special to me. Because I'm going to tell you this real quick, just to help you. An yeah. album that is special to me 
is the Lightning Bolt album. I had just met Kim, my current wife, my, you know, better half, you know, we're going to be together until the end of time. Um, and we went to that show in Portland for the Lightning Bolt uh, uh, tour. And it was one of the best shows of Pearl Jam I ever seen. She'd never seen him before. Like after the second encore, she's like, I got to sit down. God damn, they're just keep playing here. <laughs> and she appreciated it though. But we had such a good time on that. But, uh, you know, what is it for you? Okay. Um, I'm going to go rear view mirror at one. I'm going to go present tense at two. Mm-hmm. And here's where it gets a problem uh, because there's so, so many um, probably go release in the three spot and oh you're killing me um (laughs) i will go oh dude i hate this game (laughs) i hate this game um i will say how about force of nature Oh, man, that's an underrated song right there. Not a lot of people would say that. Uh, Force of Nature and Amongst the Waves on Backspacer, a much maligned album. Very underrated album. It was a really good album. And not to mention The End and uh, Just Breathe. I think those songs are so good. I'm a big fan of Speed of Sound. Okay. I got no problem with that. My, what I wrote down, because I was, if I ask you a question, I have to have my own answers, right? I okay. wrote down not for you, because when I was okay. in my youth, that just meant so much to me, right? I'm sure you know okay. what I mean. Speed of Sound, In Hiding, and My Father's Son, man. Uh, those are some really songs that really get close to my heart. That's a, there, There's no wrong list, I'm telling you. There is not a wrong list for Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam is a super great band, like, if you're a fan of them, you super love them. Not, they're not for everyone, man. There's not a lot of no. big fans that like Pearl Jam, but there is a certain contingency of people, of fans, that will follow Pearl Jam from here until the end, man. And I'm one of them. I know you are, too. Absolutely. Anyway, man, time to head off for the evening here after our two-hour talk and get ready <laughs> And uh, get some meat on the grill, by the way. I know you're a big uh, grill person yourself oh, over there. Yeah, I've no seen idea. it. We'll talk we'll, we'll talk about that another time, my friend. Grilling and meat and sports and wrestling. But, uh, dude, a couple things I just want to ask you real quick. You mentioned it earlier. Eddie Van Halen, uh, what did it mean for you to see him go? Oh, man. Uh, literally my first hero um, when it comes to... Uh, when it comes to rock music, I got, I know some people can say that, you know, Hey, I, I've, I got to see Hendrix and, uh, I never got to see Hendrix way before my time, but I did get to see Eddie Van Halen and I got to see Van Halen twice. Nice. Um, did, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but did you see them with Sammy or did you see him with Dave? Sammy both times. Sammy both uh, times. Okay. I did. Uh, I did get to uh, David Lee Roth was one of my first concerts uh, with Billy Sheehan and uh, Steve Vai. Oh, um, wow. Not a not a not a bad uh, first. Not a bad uh, outing by 
Dave on that, but he was, uh, I think he was my second concert, Kiss being my first. Oh, wow. And then uh, 1988, Monsters of Rock in the Kingdom with uh, Kingdom Come, Metallica, Dawkins, Scorpions, and Van Halen. Dawkins, one of my favorite bands. <laughs> nice. And uh, Eddie was the king. And the thing that uh, I loved about him most is the fact that he always had a smile on his face when he was playing. Nice. He was having the time of his life when he was on stage. And uh, he was definitely a guitar hero. When was the last time they toured? Was it with Dave? Yeah, I want to say 2016. With David Lee Roth? Yeah. I know they were supposed to come here, weren't they? But there was a cancellation or or they did play um, they, here and then canceled the rest of the tour or something like that. They played White River, but I did not see that show for whatever reason. Oh. But um, yeah, they did, they did come here. I want to say that they were supposed to come back around, but did not. Nice. But yeah. So you, sad. you didn't see them with the extreme guy, right? They had him for a while too, <laughs> no, right? Van Halen 3, I did not see that. Okay, good, good, good. I never know anything about that, but uh, I did buy yeah. that. Uh, I remember buying the vinyl of uh, Sammy Hagar when he first joined up with Van Halen, whatever. The, what was the name of that album? 20, it was a number. Uh, 5150. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was a pretty good album. But anyway, man, yep. uh, another guy that we lost recently, we're going to get back to wrestling for just a second. We okay. talked about the pops earlier, Road Warrior Pop, man. We lost Road Warrior Animal. Uh, your thoughts on that and the Road Warriors themselves? Uh, I love the Road Warriors. It was the first tag team that I was really all in on. Um, they were uh, they were so good. And um, if you didn't get behind the Road Warriors, there's something the matter with you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember, uh, I think it was my sophomore year, my buddy, uh, Brian Skelton, the guy that was related to Randy the Pimp Taylor, he said, "Hey, let's uh, let's um, dress up for Halloween." And uh, he he uh, dressed up as Road Warrior Animal. I dressed up as the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> and when I heard that Road Warrior Animal died, I had to I had to send him a quick text, and I was like, "Man, all of our heroes are 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 dying off." And and uh, Anyway, long story short, I'm going to see the gentleman here in the next few weeks because uh, I miss him, and we haven't talked in a while. So, anyway, if anything good came out of that, it was that. But um, <laughs> man, the Road Warriors were the team. Oh man, they were super great. But uh, hey, man, time to end it here. Uh, how do we follow my man Craig on social media? Okay, you can check me out. It's my last name. It's uh, it's spelled proper, but it's pronounced proper. Uh, so the English way that they say proper, uh, proper jam. So follow me at proper jam on Twitter. And uh, well, when shows get going again, I do a lot of uh, I do a lot of texting from uh, or, or tweeting from uh, wrestling and music shows and um uh if you if you uh, want to hate me i also post a lot of pictures of uh <laughs> me smoking meat so all right um yeah and then uh and then uh if you like uh to see inside jokes with me and matt farmer uh that will also appear on there <laughs> <laughs> all right my man any final thoughts about wrestling pearl jam seahawks anything you want to put over before we head out for the evening 
I just, I think I'll end with this. Um, once uh, everything gets back to quote unquote normal, go out and support your local indie. Um, go out and uh, and support the guys that are doing it at the grassroots. Um, support indie wrestling, whether it's you know, a promotion that you love or a guy that you love, a uh, girl, whatever. Just go out and support them. Um, there is what uh, they're they're the next generation at some point, and you can say, "Hey, I saw that guy way back when," in uh, in a little. Washington Hall or an Elks Club or a Bingo Hall or whatever. Um, so support indie wrestling. And how do we wrestle or uh, wrestling fans listen to a Wrestling Observer? Uh, again, go to wrestlingobserver.com or you can also reach it from uh, <laughs> figure4online.com. Uh, you can check that out there. And uh, we also we have a Twitch channel. And we also have a video streaming service, and you can learn about all of that there. I have been—I have not been in the studio with Brian and Vinny in over seven months, but uh, through the power of the internet, I am sitting in front of my computer screen right now. I have an HD camera set up. You can see uh, my office behind me, <laughs> and uh, you can see us cut up and tell really stupid, immature jokes and talk about uh, some retro WWE. Well, another time we'll have to talk, uh, you know, Pearl Jam memorabilia. But anyway, man, thanks for coming on tonight. We just did a couple hours. I might have to do this two shows. We might have to do two releases of At Proper Jam on Twitter. And uh, thank you so much for coming on tonight. We talked a few of my favorite things. Seahawks. Awesome, same here. Wrestling, and of course... Pearl Jam. Can't wait to get wrestling back. Can't wait to get Pearl Jam back and we can go see it. And uh, hopefully we'll be there together now that I know you're a huge fan like myself. Sounds good. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Have a good evening. Good night. This episode recorded at the Bigfoot headquarters. This has been a Swagamore production production.